It's always great to meet another Mitch. Yep. I only knew one. The whole time I was in like elementary or high school, I think I only knew one other in 12 years. Yeah. Well, this one is young enough to be your son, I think. So. <laughs> well, that's that's a ever-growing number yeah. of people. So. Right. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's from, I understand that, too. Um, but, yeah, uh, we got two Mitches on the show today, so that's going to be interesting. So we'll say Mitch P and Mitch G. So M- MP and MG. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. That, yeah, we'll do those in, in, uh, nicknames for a little bit so nobody's confused listening. Uh, not that I think they could, uh, but anyway. Or you could just say Mr. Pengallo. <sighs> Ooh. Established. <laughs> Whoa. You are a guest. Yeah, yeah. The respect you duly deserve. Yes, sir. Um <laughs> No, uh, we've, uh, you know, as we're continuing to record here, we've known MP. Like, I was getting ready to go, like, we've known Mitch for a while. And everybody's like, wait a minute, which one? <laughs> uh, we've known Mr. Pangallo for quite a while. Two years, uh, we were met. How did that happen? Was it just LinkedIn? I think it was LinkedIn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did, did I do something weird? And I was just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and you were like, well. <laughs> Not that I can recall. I When I started... When I was a founder in Happy Hour, I went and connected with all Louisville founders I could find. So it could have been I found your founder title or I saw a post that someone liked by you. And if I saw Louisville founder, I wanted to connect. Um, That's ultimately probably how we connected. Um, And then probably and it's also I connected with the founders of Forecaster, too. So, okay, um, Yeah. 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 Okay, Well, that makes sense. Um, that sounds about right. Cause I don't really do the whole LinkedIn thing where I'm like, Hey, derp, 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 what's up? And you know, cause I mean, that gets ignored. Yeah. You know, there's people that are like, Oh, I got a response rate and brr, And I'm like, Oh, but did anything happen after? It's not about small talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like walking into a room saying it's up. And then, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I went to a room and I said hello to someone. And then what? Yep. You know, as an owner, I'm like, and then, and then, you know what I'm getting at? And then, mm-hmm. and then, and then it's like a drive through. Yep. Um, so anyways, uh, we're waiting on our, uh, waiting on Robert. Tell me when to go. Ah, we're good to go. All right. Well, welcome to the nerd brand podcast, everybody. (laughs) I thought I, I thought I told you, you 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 may have, and I just was like in the middle of a thought or, you know, scatterbrained because I'm on Red Bull right now. This is staying in then. All right, cool. Leave it. That's uh, good. That's good. This this Beautiful. episode is not sponsored by Red Bull, but I'd love it. If it is certainly powered by Red <laughs> yeah, Bull. Yeah, it's powered by it, and I'd love it if they would do that one day. Um, so anyways, this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast, we're talking tofus and bofus and my QLs, oh my, yeah, and uh, you know, play that back and go like, what? But uh, we got a guy here that can explain all of that. And so on this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast, we welcome Mitch Panglio from Forecaster, a local startup in Louisville, Kentucky, making some waves. Uh, forecast your revenue, expenses, new hires, your exit, your runway with confidence. Be prepared to impre- impress investors and grow faster. So, sir, the floor is yours to dive deep and to discuss, like introduce yourself and forecaster. Awesome. Cool. Well, you nailed, you nailed the pitch. That's wonderful. If I could like <laughs> packet that and start every discovery call with that, I'd be, I'd be great. Yeah. Congra- <laughs> congratulations on your new position. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got a new job. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, tofu and bofu. Right. Yeah. Tofu, top of funnel, bofu, bottom of funnel. It's from a super high level. So we'll get into that, but Mitch Pingallo, um, I, I'm, I'm at Forecaster now, a local startup here in Louisville. We do financial models for startups. So we help founders get great financial models. They can build five-year projections that ultimately, like you said, can help impress investors or help them run their business better. You can think of it like your dashboard for a car, right? So I got started with Forecaster back in August of last year, so almost there a year. Um, 
And my like come to faith with financial modeling was with Happy Hour, my previous startup. So I was a founder in Happy Hour. It was a mobile app where you could find happy hours and specials around you at a very simple level. Um, so it was a mobile app, a hard one to monetize, right? Bars and restaurants don't want to pay you. Users right. don't want to pay you to, to save money. So um, ultimately, like, our financial model never looked amazing to me. We, we were able to raise money. We got brought on angels, got a ton of users. Um, but it's one of those brands that probably needed to be built in Silicon Valley with a, with a crap ton of money to be successful. Uh-huh. Um, over the course of about a year and a half with my time working on Happy Hour, I sat down with my model and had to come to faith. Like, I don't know if this is the type of business I want to start. I want to start a business that can get to net alive or profitable very fast. Um, being a finance guy, being a finance and sales guy. So ultimately I sat down with my model one day. I was like, wow, this is so powerful. I, I realized that like, this is probably isn't the right business for me to run. I reached out to the guys at Forecaster because I knew what they were building. I thought every founder needs to have this experience, whether it be in the first week or the first year of their business or down the road. Um, so ultimately, that's where I joined Forecaster, and that's me today. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've always been uh, like, startup is a cool thing to say. Yeah. Like, uh, I think even with us as a brand agency, like, oh, you guys are a startup. No, we're not. Uh, we're an agency. We're not really a startup. We started a business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are not a startup. That's very big. Diff- there's a differentiator. Um, but I have come across startups that are afraid to go and get capital. They're afraid to go and get an investor. So from our angle, it is the message. It's the creative. It's that six seconds you have to impress and show off and sound legitimate and professional, uh, depending on who you're going in front of. And you guys bring in the numbers that you can actually see and you're not just randomly shark tanking it and yeah. crossing your fingers and walking out of the room going, dum, 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 whatever the music is. I'm not going <laughs> to mimic the music because I'm really scared that, you know, channels are just going to like mute that part because the way AIs are now. <laughs> well, because you do it so well. Oh, they're going to yeah, say it right away. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I can hum a tune and to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the interesting thing is, and it's, it's like what you said, what, what forecaster does it, it gives people that real ammunition. They have the idea, they have the concept, which may be perfectly solid, but you, you help them build like the, the number infrastructure, if there's such a, such a terminology that gives it weight, that makes it feasible, that makes it look attractive, that make it look, makes it look like, yes, this is something that has legs that can stand and, and grow. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things, cause I actually have, uh, we did it. I think you did a demo with me. Yeah. And, um, so I have seen it and I love the, I love this. It's really sort of like one of these setups for those listening and, 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 and kind of piqued interest into this thing because you really should look into it. Um, as a, the CEO of nerd brand, I do basically like the controller. So I've got my hands on the finances, like talking with my CPA this morning was, you know, mildly. Okay. <laughs> but you know you it's got this slide uh slider on it and you can slide it up to go and look at like we're going to be in a few months to a few years and you can just kind of go nuts in a way yep. with it and it's sort of like kind of crazy but it's great because a guy like me you know many people are probably doing it through either sadly some software like quickbooks or they're trying to do it through uh google sheets like mm-hmm. i do and you know you can get so far with that but when you're talking about startups that need major capital 
you can't do that. That's a really bad idea. Um, because even when I do Google sheets, I mean, I could be off a thousand dollars, which sounds like, well, Jason, you're screwing up, but no, I mean, you just, it depends on the business, right. but yeah, I like the accuracy of it. I like the comfort it gives to kind of know it, it's better than trying to forecast the weather right now. Honestly, it really is. I would trust forecaster with the weather probably more than I would. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Well, Mitch, I love that you say ammunition because I, I say that all the time. I tell people it's great ammo to have in your arsenal. Um, and then, and then too, about like your pitch deck should be the emotional attachment. Like you, you always have to get investors or customers. Like your first customers are you have to pitch like an investor. Your first employees you have to pitch like an investor, mm-hmm. especially in a startup where you're pitching a high growth company. Um, so your pitch deck is there, get them emotionally attached, but then, you know, the next question is always going to be, well, what's the brass tax? What's the business model? Like, how do we all make money here? How do you pay for it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's that, it's that second, it's that second stage of that conversation. And it's usually the one that gets you the yes or the no. It's usually one of the last things they see before they're fully bought in. So it really is super important. Yeah. I mean, this is something that when Google started, they struggled with. I mean, they kind of looked at a platform. They're like, okay, we want to do a search engine. We don't want to do a portal because that's all the web was. It was just portals and ads everywhere and ads. What That's what makes money. So I kind of like what you just said is kind of what Google had to sit and go through. It's like, okay, how do we take this and make money off of it? Yeah. Because honestly, if they didn't ever, if they did not figure that out at that time, we would not, we'd be yahooing everything right now. <laughs> what a world. <laughs> yeah. Is, but is that one small change right there? Because of that and thinking about that is what got us can get you to, you know, success or failure. I mean, the world, it's like, uh, I like what you said, it's like getting down to the brass tacks. At the end of the day, everything's got to come down to how much and because you get an expense or you've got like profit that you hope you make. Um, so, yeah, it's a really fascinating. I love it um, as a as a tool. I think it's a, an awesome, awesome app. So, but anyways, um so I appreciate you just briefly touching on what a tofu and a bofu is. <laughs> and I'm going to keep saying it I thought it we were going way. out for Japanese or something. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about that. But then you're like, top of funnel, bottom of funnel. So yeah. um, did you did you just say what an MQL was, uh, just for the people to hear? MQL is a marketing qualified lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you dive into details of what you would consider, I guess, uh, it's hard, kind of hard to do that broadly, but what you yeah. consider marketing qualified? Yeah, it can be different for different businesses. For us, a marketing qualified lead is someone who visited your website, someone who showed some bit of interest in your brand. Um, and that's, you know, you can either retarget them, you can put them into a, they're usually not in your funnel yet. A funnel, a, a sales qualified lead is usually someone who's in your funnel, but it's usually that first step of like showing interest and maybe they should go into your funnel or your pipeline. Um, and then your funnel being the first stage being the top of funnel that that's like MQLs. And it's the first time you can cut out some MQLs, put them in that funnel. And then your pipeline determines like who stays in bottom of funnel into your, into your final you know, mm-hmm. customers. So. Yeah. Yeah. Being a guy that has uh, done front end WordPress development, I see MQL and you drive me nuts with that when you say <laughs> that, cause uh, it's sequel to me. That's like <laughs> completely different thing. Yeah. Because that's what I say. Even though it's not all there as an acronym, it's yeah. like I see MQL and I'm like my sequel. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyways, you consider yourself in sales mostly, or do you consider yourself more in uh, consulting when you get into a room with people about this? Right now, sales, but it, 
we're like an advisory sale. So along with the platform, we do like a, we, we help companies build the model as well. So we play that advisor role. So I kind of both, like I'll sit down with a founder and um, I'm talking to them like an advisor. We have free materials. Like we don't, everyone that hops on our call with us is not a good fit for forecaster. And if they're not, we'll give them free templates. Like we'll give them free stuff mm-hmm. and say, Hey, continue to build, come back to us when you're at this stage or when you've done this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we definitely play both roles. We're very founder first company. Um, and that's all part of our brand. Like we, we went through Techstars, and their, their whole mantra is give first. And if you do that, uh, you build great relationships, great partnerships. Mm-hmm. And ultimately like that is the core of our funnel. Like you can, you can break down our entire, entire funnel into a single thing. And it is the trusted referral. And that trust is built on our brand, on our relationships. Um, so we play both that advisor and of course we're always selling. Yeah, uh, that's something I think we can relate to because when we get in there, it's, uh, I think Mitch, you, let me address Mitch as an MG, Mitch Gregory, (laughs) who is our creative director at Nerdbrand. We've talked about like how we act like a doctor and we're going in trying to diagnose the patient. And that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Something MP just said (laughs) that I think is very important. It's as far as being a kind of a giving organization that builds trust. It tells people you're not just here to get your hand in my pocket. Mm -hmm. You want to build a relationship and you really care about helping me. As a, as a as a type of consulting kind of business, like we sort of are, mm-hmm. I mean, we need customers to divulge to us a lot of things about them and their business. Otherwise, we can't help. Well, how do you how do you get them to do that? We they have to trust you. Then you have to sincerely be willing to give up a little bit of yourself to build that trust. So I I, I find it interesting that you guys are very much in that same kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just communications. I mean, being able to communicate to the prospect client, whatever the relationship is, whatever status it's at, is just having a good line of communication and a good relationship. And that's where it starts to show when everybody says it's all about relationships. You know, yeah. it's really easy to put that as a tagline. Sure. Really hard to do. Yeah. Um, I was sort of taught like a couple of things like I've talked about before on this podcast about when you're in sales, like just try to focus on making them curious about what you do and just let them approach you. The other thing is like too, uh, and it happened to me this week was there was no sale that was closed, unfortunately, but I was walking to the parking lot and these guys just kept following me. (laughs) So (laughs) conversation was very different going to the parking lot than it was in the the meeting earlier. And, uh, you know, I always like that because it's always like, you get to know the person a little bit. Mm You know, because uh, I've had a couple this week where it's like, do you see Thor? Like, I've heard enough not to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. if Are you a fan? I, I mean, am. I'm a, I'm a big MCU fan. Are yeah. you? Yeah. Have, have you, you seen Thor? Have you seen it I have yet? not. I have not seen yeah, it Yeah, have not? Okay. Mitch has. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. Our Mitch has. I'm, I I'm, haven't. I'm eat up. Anybody that knows me knows I'm eat up. I'm a Marvel guy to the core. Yeah. Down to the comic. Read, read the comics since I was 12. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think we could probably switch the conversation then to this without spoiling anything. Cause I haven't seen it either. So I don't, sure. th- I think it'll be safe and you won't get mad at me. Okay. In MP. <laughs> it's weird calling you that, but okay. So the, I looked at the, the trailers and the average cause being ad guys, and this is kind of going back into nerd brands, really Genesis that the podcast is like the branding and the nerd culture. Right. Sure. I started looking at all the advertising for this movie. <clears throat> it's confusing. Like I would see the taglines they'd throw up and then I would have 
a conception that, okay, this is what I'm going to experience. And then I'm hearing people come out of the theater going like, well, I mean, when you start the movie review with, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I've known, and I'm probably harder on this stuff than, than most people. Cause I'm such a fan fanboy. Sure. but, um, it is kind of surprising. It's probably a movie that's going to appeal more to the non hardcore fans than it is the hardcore fans like me. Yeah. But you know, it's, this is only like the, it's been a week. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I, I'm getting a breaking news notification. <laughs> yeah. So, um, James Gunn confirmed, a, about like yesterday, I think it was that Thor will also not be featured in guardians of the galaxy three. Oh, well. oh, which is like ridiculous considering how much they've pushed, you know, yeah. with at the end of phase three with Endgame and everything else to like, hey, Thor's a guardian now. Then I've also heard, too, that like he the guardians really weren't featured that long. And oh, the, they weren't in the weren't. Thor movie. Yeah, I, I, I told somebody that they might have also just put up cardboard stand ups of each of the characters <laughs> in the background. And, and that would have sufficed because it accomplished about the same well, I Thanks. watched Fat Man on Batman last night, and Kevin Smith himself was like, you know, saying how Chris Pratt looked really scrawny and giving him a sandwich. Like, <laughs> he, well, you know, he he did look, <clears throat> he did look a bit lighter. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of that has maybe something to do with the fact that maybe he was shooting this at the same time he was shooting um, uh, the Terminal List, which I just saw, just saw Fantastic. on Amazon. It's the best thing Chris oh, Pratt my. has been in, hmm. and he's amazing in it. I mean, really? you, he has he shows more depth, and you know part of this is a credit to the direction and the script. But there's so much depth in his character. It's it's a great miniseries. I isn't highly it, recommend. Isn't that fascinating? How, how, okay, so phase you brought up Robert uh, phase three, all the excitement. Have y'all noticed since we're all we're all MCU fans? Yeah. Have you noticed that? What's the point of Phase Four? Phase Four makes zero sense. Like I don't know well, what's yeah. going on there's, there. There's like, there's no connective tissue. Like, do you? That has I anybody shown up? Like, we had Thanos, like Avengers, like jump, like hey, purple guy. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, now we got nothing. Well, Loki, like to me, Loki was the most <laughs> exciting part about Phase oh, yeah. Four. Is oh, like, well, hey, here's the introduction of kind of this true multiverse, right. and yeah. and um, what's his name the. I can't think about the main villain. Oh, uh, 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 Khan. Khan. Uh, 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 Kang. 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 Yeah. yeah. Kang, Kang gets introduced and you're like, oh, well, it's been a couple years now and there's been a couple more Marvel movies and there hasn't been like, you know, they were, they were teasing Thanos for, for from the beginning. years. Yeah. 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 For years. Yeah. And, you knew what the infinite, yeah. like by now, if you look at like the traction and I'm kind of repeating what Mark, I think either Mark Bernard or um, give a shout out to James Johns out there, but we kind of knew like really up front all about the stones. We already had a hint of what was happening. We had Thanos and we've had literally nothing at this moment. Like I thought for a minute, the 10 rings was going to be it. Well, just, I mean, there's right just been, there's some illusions in general, in a general sense to the multiverse, but even in that, like in, in, in the, in the current Thor movie, I, I'm struggling to find any references to the multiverse in it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like I said, with the, with the first two, even three phases, there was always that connective tissue that you did always kind of either loosely or tightly, depending on the film, gave you a sense of continuity that you were seeing one part of an unfolding larger story. Sure. Yeah. You don't have that. Now I'm wondering if this is a byproduct of the influence of Disney. Now that Disney is in full ownership of, mm. of, of Marvel studios, 
that something in that background is why things are being done the way they're being done now. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, MP, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I agree. I, I mean, I'm, I've watched everything up to, uh, was it God of Thunder? Is that the newest Thor? What is it called? Or is it Lord of Love and Thunder? Love and Thunder. Yeah. I've watched everything up into that. And that you're right. There's no continuity between the last couple of years. Um, the wise, I don't know. Could, could very well be Disney. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I, it just, I, I, I have a hard time t- thinking of it as a coincidence because it seems to line up with, okay, once uh, D, uh, Disney kind of took over and fully folded Marvel into the, yeah. into the family. Um, well, well, it seems like things started getting a little bit different. Then you've got the whole TV side of things, the, the, you know, the, the, um, streaming shows and stuff. Most of those shows have been great though, in my opinion. They're just uh, not connected. Uh, there's not connected. There's no, there's just as yeah. we've been saying this whole time, there's I mean, no story. They've been kind of hit or miss with me. I haven't even bothered to watch Ms. Marvel. Um, Man, yeah. um, it doesn't, just doesn't for one thing that I guess I'm probably not part of the key audience for that show. I would say that's a safe bet that neither, none of us here are, but I mean, it's fine. But when you're trying to do that and weave in a narrative, like you said, of continuity. Well, you've told people, you've, you've yeah. told your audience, this is part of our grand plan. And it's, yeah. it just doesn't seem to be, it's like a meatloaf that, that, that isn't, it's like a meatloaf that isn't held, holding it, isn't held together, doesn't have anything in it to bind it. It's just kind of a massive Somebody left the egg out. No eggs, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Think, think about the, the WandaVision. Like, that's the only show yeah. so far that's been connected to, you know, at least well, or, Doctor Strange. It or felt what, like it had serious consequences, or, building, and, like, but, emotional yeah. tangibility. But they still yeah. completely disregarded that vision might be back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, what happened like to that? Where's, got that, rid of that? where's yeah, that going? Where'd it go? Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, and I, I think... Uh, what if was played in pretty the, the animated show true was pretty well done and and worked well with the multiverse thing yeah what really upset me about the multiverse i'll turn my mic off after this but just <laughs> just the fact that like they <laughs> they let loose on every single universe that was in the doctor strange multiverse just in the in the trailer Oh, yeah. Like it was really just it was really yeah. just a two setting movie, and it, it, they alluded to it being you know hey we're going to be all over the place we're going to be jumping from world to world yeah and it did not feel that way there at were, all. There yeah. were, I remember three yeah yeah well you know there was a lot of uh, there was a slide you remember the TV show Sliders and mm-hmm. they, there was a reference to that at the stoplights uh, and how they were done that's actually from the show that was a nod to that but. I think that when you do say something like, yeah, you're going to do a multiverse of madness, I'm thinking like a quantum leap type of yep. show or sliders type of show. And yeah, to what you just said, we got three, the planning on that. And so the marketing is saying one thing to get the audience in, yep. but the experience is, and this is actually relevant to everybody out there listening going like, what the <laughs> heck does this have to do with anything? Nope, you're right. Where you're, if you really listen and notice the tone of the show, what we're talking about, what I'm driving at is even the big boys struggle with this. Yep. Yeah. So it's not a budget thing, which does tie back to forecaster. Uh, it might have sure. something. I will might, get, I'm getting there. Might, this might have something to do. Yeah. I'm some get, of it might have, like I said, some of this, this kind of lack of follow through or stumbling may have something to do with the Disney aspect. And it could have something to do with budgets because there have been whispers by some of the critics about the look and feel Mm -hmm. of love and thunder was a little less polished. Really? 
in some previous films. Well, yeah. it was really weird. They interviewed Taika Waititi and another lady that was in the show or one of the producers, and he was cracking on the special effects pretty hard. I saw it. Yeah, I saw that clip. <laughs> and that's a little jarring, you know? I mean, it's his movie. Yeah, so. they're, talking, they're talking about Korg. Yeah, and it was just like... uh you want to do this while you're out? Like what Robert Downey Jr. used to call selling soap is where you go out and like promote the movie and that's your promotion. <laughs> well, this part sucks. Look, you know, I mean, that's right. sort of the tone that was taken. It's kind of very strange, but every film has been 200 million, you know, except for the Avenger films and Endgame and all those, those, but the budgets to produce them and market them has been 200 million. Really? So I don't know what the budget for Love and Thunder was. I don't know what, I haven't looked at this phase in, in many of the movies, but you can actually pull that information up and find it. Oh, um, not in, not to keep us on this topic so we can get back into the topic at hand, but um, the thing that was most interesting to me was as offbeat as um, the previous Thor film was with the same director, Mm -hmm. as completely different it was than everything that came before it was, it still somehow managed to work. Yeah. But, or work better. Okay. (laughs) I'll put it that way. Seemed to work much better. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah. But for me, like you're going to release all these films, and you're going to spend 200 million on each one. I look at you and what you're doing, Forecaster, and I'm like, you've got to think about how is that tracking, right? <laughs> and how do you track that? Sure. And you're not going to do that with Google Sheets, you know. I'm not trying to say like hey, Disney, <laughs> call Mitch P, <laughs> or don't call him Mitch P. But, you know, call Forecaster, you know, but it's like you kind of have to look back at all of that investment and and kind of see if it's going on upward or downward trend. Yeah. Um, is it making money or is it just like, you know, doing a thing for the sake of doing it, you know? Over time and then individual movies, like back to the multiverse of madness, like the first 30 minutes, that was a very promising movie. Like that's when all the CGI was in. They were actually there was actually a multiverse of madness and then it stopped mm-hmm. like and they did a really good job of hooking everyone in. And then it was then it just kind of blended out. Um and if you forecast out multiple movies, maybe that's where we're missing like the, that continuity because they're not looking too far ahead and saying, how are we going to connect? Like, what's the, what are we driving towards? Like how far ahead would they have planned, had to have planned to actually create that feeling in the Avengers in, in that, what was that phase two, phase one? Uh, it's about all the way up to three. And I mean, that was a 10 year investment yeah. uh, with Feige and, and um, Favreau. And it was just like, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel like that's the case. It doesn't feel like that there's a uh, an apex or a point anywhere. Well, again, coming. you don't have that Thanos, Infinity Stones. Yeah, I kind feel of, like kind of sub subplot that seems to be weaving its way through all of these. Yeah, I do want to say though, by the time this episode comes out, I feel because San Diego <laughs> Comic Con is coming. I feel like that by the time this episode comes out. Did, you know, they're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, Marvel is. So for all I know, and all we, any of us know, they're are going to be like, here's Galactus, and we're all going to be like, <gasps> and then, you know, everything well, we're saying is like, well. those guys don't know crap, but they are holding back quite a three, quite a bit for D, what is it, D23? Um, they're going, I mean, that's really Disney's. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, their la- that's their real launch platform. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's coming. So everything we're saying right now may just be completely bunk coming up we'll see. after San Diego Comic-Con. We'll that, see. It, I think it's next week or something, I think. Um, or is it this week? No, it's it's at least next week, if not a little after that. Yeah. But it's, it is cl- it's close. 
Yeah. Well, if we, it is, if it is all wrong, then we'll all be happy because we're great <laughs> yeah. old Marvel movies. And if we're if it's not wrong, if we're right, then we're right. We get to be right. So. <laughs> I mean, there's no question. Something's different. Yeah. yeah. Something yeah. is different. Yeah. Well, and when you're trying to um, gather an audience, make sales as Disney is doing, because the theater, those are sales, online subscriptions, those are sales. And getting back to that is something that Mitch, you enjoy. Mitch P, I should clarify. MP, <laughs> this is a really like a train wreck in a way for that, but it's all <laughs> kind of fun. Uh, do you have a profession? Do you have a process or a sales tool that you recommend or want to share with people? Yeah. For, I mean, for us, we're, we're products. I mean, we're a SaaS company and we still need to, we need to hop on up, up on a call. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a material expense for a startup to, to work with forecaster. It's, it's affordable, but for a startup who maybe hasn't raised any money, it's a material expense. So our process is, you know, we, we get, we funnel people through a survey and then we hop on a call. Um, and usually it's like a 30 day sales cycle. So, um, it's not, it's not like a, it's, it's a B2B product. So it's not, it's more hands-on than like a B2C process. Mm-hmm. Um, for us tools wise, like we love, I love HubSpot. HubSpot's great. Um, we have our setup really well and automates a lot of things for us. Um, but to tie that back to like, to, to ticket sales and um, how they manage yeah. I mean, a lot of it comes to, to, to brand and product and like understanding how much your product can, can sell for you and how much your brand can sell for you. Right. Right. And brand for us, brand does a really good, we have a great brand and a lot of people come to us and already trust us and know that we're credible. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a matter of me letting the product kind of sell itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm very lucky in that I have a great brand and a great product to sell. If you don't have those two things, yeah. it's a lot more work. Hard. <laughs> yeah. 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 It does make it difficult. I mean, that's the thing that we've been trying to convince people because Branding and marketing kind of just, they do overlap, and but it depends brand, on the situation. Yeah. Brand, in our opinion, brand comes first mm-hmm. because you have to define what it is you're going to say. What's going exactly. to go on the ad? Sure. What's going to go on the website? Down to the pictures? Like everything visual needs to be fleshed out and done correctly in order for that to be, to get to that stage that you're talking about, MP, that works. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it makes it for a very difficult sales and your salespeople are just going to be struggling hard and yelling at marketing and marketing's going to yell at sales and all that starts up, you know? So, um, but, uh, no, I appreciate you coming on the show, uh, and chatting with us about monies, which is a little over (laughs) my heads, but you know, it's fine. And then also diving into a bit of the MCU stuff because yeah, I was, I was actually watching some of that last night and trying to get into the reviews because I myself have not seen it either. Yeah. And, um, to your point about the brand thing, I feel like this has hurt Marvel's brand. I've said before, I've always had it. I've always had this moment in the previous phases where I was comfortable when a movie came out. I didn't need to see a trailer. I was going, you had my money. Yeah. Now I'm watching the trailers. I'm watching the ads and I'm watching very closely to reactions. Cause I'm like that 12, $15 is either gas or it's going to be entertainment to unwind. Yeah. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? I didn't really care to see Top Gun because I felt like that was just nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgia. But now I'm like, if I had to compare Thor and Top mm-hmm. Gun, I'm hearing maybe I'm going to go see some Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people, people, people still are still raving about the new Top Gun film. They're still yeah. gaga over it. Yeah, um, it's shifting now. It's like, uh, which I'm okay with that not everything is a comic book movie blah, 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 blah. Cause that's all we have for, for over a decade. Yeah. I'm glad to see some other stories. I'd, I'd like to see some more original stuff and not like sequels that should have happened 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah. And if not that anybody is from this place is listening, but please leave, re, please leave back to the future alone. Do not 
relaunch, redo, make a sequence, leave it alone. They're doing it. They're doing yeah. a, a stage performance. That's, yeah. that's I, all the work. I, I don't oh, really. I don't want to know how <laughs> Marty McFly and Doc met. I don't it's, need that. It's going to Broadway. I yeah, think. Yeah. Anyone else feel like oh. they're seeing some Indiana Jones Merc like pop up? Yeah, because uh, he agreed to another one. Although uh, they are definitely doing. One. Oh, yeah, yeah yes. they're working. They're, yeah, they've been working on another one, and he just turned. Harrison Ford just turned eighty. Wow. For a guy who stood in line the first, the opening day of not the first, I guess maybe I did the first one. It's all kind of blurring now. Think that that guy is now 80 years old. It's like, really? Yeah. It's like they say, (laughs) how old am I now? Age is a number. You're going to be our creative director, Mitch, for a very long time. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. If, If I can have the kind of longevity, that guys like Harrison Ford have had that, Hey, I'm in good yeah. shape, man. I'm, I'm just a kid then. <laughs> a wee be, bairn. He'll be Indiana Jones at 80. That's that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. When is your ideal age to like be like, I'm done. I know what mine is. And it, I passed it like, you know, <laughs> ten, 10 years ago. But I'm just curious. <laughs> I have an age and a number. I'll say my age is hopefully 35. Like, that would be awesome. And then everything's passive, you know? Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll still keep doing things. I, I think the goal for me is to be a consultant and advisor and then travel the world and just get on the phone with people and be like, hey, you should do this and that. And like, just kind of point fingers and help there. That wouldn't yeah. suck. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't suck too bad. Well, honestly, I mean, that's kind of what's happening with me and with 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 us. I mean, it's, it's just sitting in that role of like, hey, what do I do? And then providing some guidance and then taking a little bit of revenue on that so that I can buy groceries. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it is sort of getting it. We are in a time all of us in this room, I think, because we have done this for a while. We know things that other people don't, and those people are coming into market, and they're kind of like, we don't really know what to do, or they don't know like who to go to anymore. So it is kind of a time to kind of pay attention to that. The consulting is not just a very narrow market and thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, it never was. Uh, but uh, Well, I mean, the, the ability now for people to start up their own thing, to, 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 uh-huh. to build their own business, um, it, I mean, even I mean, even though right now the economy isn't in the best of health, maybe. But <laughs> maybe I'm just trying. Well, I'm just I'm just trying. I, I don't want to lean maybe. in too hard because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Sure, right. But it, it's there's never been a better time for for people that have a great idea to bring it to the marketplace because now you've got so many tools at your disposal to do it. Yep. And forecasters is is an, is a prime example of that. Yeah. I mean, it started yeah. with the internet. Okay which gave access, people access to so much information and tools and resources. Forecasters is another step in that, that the evolution of that wave. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a company like Forecaster, I, I'm actually surprised it took this long for something like that to show up. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. I'm surprised there isn't a winner out there already where there's a de facto solution. So that, that's obviously our goal. But to that too, starting a company right now is easier than ever. I mean, Zoom, like when else could you, when else was that the norm? Like mm-hmm. you were lucky to get a phone call and talk with someone. Everything was done. Business was done. Email business was done on the phones. Now I can get on a zoom call, talk with someone in San Francisco, talk with an angel investor out there and feel like they're in my backyard. Right. You mm-hmm. could not do that really even three years ago. It wasn't the norm. People, no, would, people couldn't. would email someone, Hey, here's a zoom link. What's that? Give me a call. And you can't build that same relationship. You can't be face to face. I mean, People can't take that for granted. We are in unprecedented times when you can do that sit down face to face with mm-hmm. people all across the world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
And on that note, if you enjoyed this episode of the Nerd Brand Podcast, uh, please be sure to give us a like, subscribe. Also, coming up, we are going to be working on a series, uh, the five senses of the brand, taste and smell and sight and what the other ones are that, you know, whatever. We all know what the five senses are. But, yes, those do apply to branding. And, you know, imagine you eat a chicken sandwich and you don't know what chicken sandwich it is and you eat another one and you're blindfolded and you're like, I think that one's McDonald's and that's not. It's Chick-fil-A. Maybe. It won't be hard to figure that. Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that McDonald's won't be. That's just me talking. Yeah, that, their, 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 their chicken sandwich will not be a part of the uh, the group. Uh, Are you going to do anything with the sixth sense, though? Yes, Pete. Now we're back to Doctor Strange. I have thought of that, actually. Thank you, Robert, for chiming in. I have actually thought of, like, what would be the sixth sense of the brand. Um, but I, I don't really know yet. So there, there's your opportunity out there for our listeners to send ideas and comment on Facebook about that when you see the post of this episode with uh, our friend Mitch from Forecaster. So we want to thank you for being on the show. Um, you can find this episode at nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast or just go to nerdbrandpodcast.com. Yes, there is a URL for it. Uh, right now it does go to our uh, page on our agency site. But uh, keep an eye out for some things coming up from NerdBrand. As uh, someone told me from a certain chamber, like, you guys are always doing stuff. <laughs> That's probably a really, I'm sorry, Josh, I didn't mean to like, make that really <laughs> bad impression of you. But anyhow, well, thank everybody for listening. You can go check us out everywhere at NerdBrand Agency as a handle online. And remember, keep your NerdBrand strong.